Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay. Well, unless you have anything else to add, Terp, let's move on to take flight. And uh, in a beautiful timing here, I've just been logged out of my documents. So thank you for the security that Odyssey puts on all of our tech stuff. Uh, of course, our first our first taste here for Take Flight is Marcus Smart returning to TD Garden for the first time now with the Memphis Grizzlies on Sunday. Um, where to begin? I guess the, the 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 first thing that comes to mind for me is Jumbotron. Is there a video? Is he honored? A hundred percent. 100%. Is that the right move? Because there's a lot of people who would be like, oh my God, why do we do this for anyone who's like ever been in an Eastern Conference final with the uh, Celtics? I mean, he, I would say he's a little bit different, right? Because a lot different. He he was legitimately a face of the face of the organization for at least a little while uh, pre Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Um, you know, somebody who it's always sort of Surprise when you when you go and think and look if you just look at his accomplishments on paper, right? He was never an all-star, he was never the team's leading scorer, but the Celtics fans, I mean, they they lived and died by by what he did. Um he, he he's there's not many players who sort of fill the role that he does and play the way he does anymore in the league. So yeah, he uh I think I think he deserves it. What, what do you think, Turp? Oh, hundred percent. a hundred percent. Isaiah Thomas got one and in Marcus Smart was and I love Isaiah Thomas, one of my favorite Celtics of all time, but Marcus Smart was 10 times the Celtic that Isaiah Thomas was. The only thing I think about is, do they wait until he's actually playing? So do they hold off till next year? Because he'll be in the building, but he's not going to be playing. So do they hold off on the video? I don't think so, but that's the only way I can think of them not doing one. But there was people that were asking for his number to be retired. So there's no <laughs> way this guy does not get a, a tribute video. And he deserves it. Five Eastern Conference Finals trips, uh, a trip to the NBA Finals. He's all over the Celtics history books. Like This yeah. guy totally deserves one, and he'll 100% get one. It's don't just a matter forget, of if they'll wait. Don't forget DPOY for, uh, yes. as a guard as well. That's right. Yeah. That's Very, right. What uh, a time. Terps, I'm glad. Market, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the retirement thing because I did want to bring this. I guess this is the hot take. This is the take of the take flight. Does number 36 deserve to be hung over TD Garden? And as a realistic question, uh, what, what if 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 that was posed to y'all, what what would your answer be? No, no. I'm and I and I trust me. I love Marcus Smart. I loved him when he was here. I think part of the reason that it can't be retired is because the direct return on the trade is proving so valuable. Like, yeah, I actually think that it, it really hurts two things hurt the Marcus smart legacy in real time. And I don't want to take away from what I thought was just such a great career for the Celtics and a fan favorite. And one of my favorites and somebody I think is a great person. Like I, I could talk all day about Marcus smart, but I think it it's tough now when you see in his absence who Derek White has shown himself to be just 
absolute with an absolute consistency on both ends of the floor. And that Porzingis appears to be, you know, somebody who I think is going to be a key to their playoff run. Like, I, I think that that's, that's what we were expecting, but what he's able to do for this team and what he's able to change when he's on the floor and the level that he's been able to play at while he's been here, I think it it, it, it kind of, because it's a one-to-one trade, like the return is too strong. It's almost like it would be better if you could if you could look at Marcus Smart as like, oh, the one who got away. But it certainly doesn't feel that way right now, does it? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, and no championships. I mean, yeah. that's the biggest one. Yeah, uh, I, I guess, Turpin, I'll, I'll pose it to you. If they had won in 2022, would that change a retirement conversation for Marcus Smart? Honestly, if, I, if they had won in 2022, there's a chance he's still here. But unfortunately, that's, that's not the case, right? And I love Marcus Smart, but I just don't think he did enough uh, to get his jersey retired. Like, that's an exclusive group. And if you look in that rafters, yeah. like, the one thing they those guys have in common are championships. And that's something Marcus Smart does not have. So I just can't see, like, unfortunately, I just don't think he did enough. And, um, like, give, like you said, I think the direct return on the trade is a good point. But, like, I, he just didn't do enough, I think, was what it comes down to. If he had won a championship in 2022, like I said, he'd probably still be here. And the conversation would be a little bit different. But without a championship, it's really hard to get your get your number up there. Yeah, Who? I looked it up. Oh, sorry. No. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I did look it up. There's only two Celtics whose numbers are retired who never won. That was Ed McCauley, who played with the team from 1915 and 1956, and uh, Reggie Lewis, RIP the legend, truly. Aww. So wait, who do you think would get their number, more likely to get their number retired? Marcus Smart or Ray Allen? Oh. Because uh, Ray uh, Allen has the championship, but he doesn't he does really have... He doesn't have the accolades in the playoff run. Yeah. Uh, and his departure was so ugly. His departure was weird. I mean, Ray Allen is a Hall of Famer, but smart. I, I would lean towards smart only because of just like his just sort of what he meant to the franchise as a whole. Um, yeah. yeah and, and, the, and the Ray Allen thing is weird. Like, are, are him and kg talking yet again has that happened do yeah. we do we know so, so they KG are. was asking for his number to be retired yeah was like, he was next, right. damn it yeah you're right you're right yeah ray um, allen ray allen talked for like first of all I, ray will talk for like 30 minutes at a time um but he talked after the kg retirement ceremony number retirement ceremony and you know, it sounds like a lot of that is water under the bridge, at least publicly, like publicly facing they're good again. So I think I think it, that wouldn't be a roadblock at this point. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. I would still I would still lean towards smart. I mean, I know I know like, you know, two finals appearances, um, but still I, I, I that, that's that's a tough question. I, I don't and I don't think it's an either or. Uh, situation, but at the same time, I don't. If, if we're being realistic, I don't think Smart would his 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 number would go up in the rafters given everything that that we just said. I also don't All think right. five seasons Ooh. from Ray is enough. Only yeah. five seasons here in Boston. I just don't think that's enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on to our next take in our take flight, the New York Knicks. Is there a dark horse in New York? So the Knicks right now are on an insane. Terror. If you haven't been paying attention, I don't really blame you. 
Um, ever since the OG trade, they're an eight game win streak. They might have one of the, I mean, the, I know they have one of the best defenses in the league. It might be the top defense. It's the top defense right now. We just talked about the Celtics finishing 11 and five in January. Knicks are 14 and two. Do we need to take this New York team seriously? And do you see them as a real, uh, Eastern conference finals contender? or somebody who simply may just upset one of the stronger teams early early in the tournament? I would say they're a contender, uh, truly. Um, you know, I, I, was, I was sort of caught off, off guard, too, when looking through the standings, uh, getting ready for the show last night. But yeah, 14-2 and two in January. Uh, they have wins in the past month at, against the Nuggets, the Wolves, Sixers, big, you know, some of the, the top teams in the league right now. It's the most victories in a single month since the 1993-1994 season uh, for the Knicks. Look, I, I think given everything that, like, the Bucks are going through, they just lost last night to the Blazers. And, you know, one game isn't necessarily indicative of a whole season, but the Blazers are not a good team at, at this moment. And uh, I know it was, like, probably an emotional return for Damian Lillard, et cetera, but I could see them leapfrogging Milwaukee given the coaching issues, the, the that change. Uh, look, the, the OG trade, I think, has has worked phenomenally. I think I think they're a legit team that they can, um, I don't know if win the conference, but I could see a Celtics-Knicks Eastern Conference Finals. I just wanted to run through a few of these stats because the New York Post uh, had this really good little collection if you want to hear about this defense. So during their run in January, these are some of their rankings. Uh, their defensive rating is 104.4. Um, so they have a better defensive ranking than the Cavs, the T-Wolves, uh, Grizzlies, Celtics, and Nets. They have the lowest amount of points allowed. They have the lowest percentage of field goals allowed. And they have the second to lowest three-pointers allowed only behind the Celtics. So they've figured something out injecting OG into that. And he's missed the last two games, I believe. But there, I think that there's something real there with what they're building in New York. Yeah, that OG trade looks like a slam dunk right now. The, at least the early returns. They're 12 and 2 with OG. Like that's that's impressive. And you look at it like they're only a game behind the Bucks for the two seed in the Eastern Conference. And the Bucks are kind of free falling a little bit. So uh I could definitely see this team being a two seed and like the they knew what they were getting with OG. Like OG is one of the best defenders in the league. They knew they were he was going to boost their defense, but how much they were going to boost it is pretty incredible right now. And you know Tibbs is known for his defense, so they've done a great job. And that team is one to look out for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Julius uh, first OG OG has been hurt, so you know that, how that uh, situation plays out, and Julius Randall's injury as well. That's those are going to be big, I guess. Uh, is it, it does it feel weird that the Knicks are have been sort of overlooked given they are in New York? Uh, you know, it, again, they they got they caught me by surprise, I think they caught a lot of people by surprise. Is it because of the history that, that they have that people may have been have been sleeping on them? I don't, I don't really know. I think it's more it goes in line with the expectations at the preseason going into the season. These were not the expectations of who this team was going to be. And obviously you have a blockbuster trade partway through the season, but I, I feel like that trade got lumped in with, you know, the Pacers trade and the recent Miami trade where it's these teams who are more on the margins of 
uh, Eastern Conference contention. And the Knicks feel like they're separating themselves from that group now. Like, I, I would say certainly. Yeah. Um, I I think it's just still kind of early in the season. And what they've been doing is really been since that trade. So we're only a month into it. I, I think it's getting the proper due now where everyone's sitting up and being like, oh, my God, like, is is this real? Is this sustainable? Um, do we need to look out for this team? I should have looked this up before, but does anybody know next time Celtics see the Knicks? It's next month. It's the 24th, I okay. believe. It's a Saturday night. In March? Uh, oh, sorry, this month. I didn't really, really yeah, realize. Yeah, we're in February, February, my guy. Yeah, happy yeah happy February. February. Yeah. We survived so, January. 24th. <laughs> the longest January in, in, on in record. Yeah, yeah. So that's suddenly, uh, I mean, those are always big games, but that game means a whole lot, no, a whole lot more now for I think both teams. Um, I guess, I guess, stemming off of this, I know we're we're getting the full All Star roster later tonight, uh, recording here on Thursday. Uh, this has been sort of a, a point of contention that I've seen among Nick's Twitter. Did Jalen Brunson deserve to have Damian Lillard's spot uh, as as an All Star starter? Without the stats in front of me, I'd say yeah. I, I think Damian Lillard is stealing a couple guys' spots there. If it's Jalen Brunson, if it's Donovan Mitchell, there's just a few other younger players that I think, I wouldn't say like don't have the name recognition because they're certainly stars in the league, but I think just haven't had the moments uh, in postseasons so far that Damian Lillard has had with Dame time and everything else. So part of that is the just the game of how all-star voting works for the first ballot. And so like for the first team, I should say. So that part of it is just the fan influence. But yeah, I mean, I think if you've been following what's been happening with the Bucks and who Dame has been this season, I think that they're, he's one of a handful of guys who would be more worthy at that spot. Yeah, um, I, I had originally put uh, Dame as as the starter, and then seeing how how it's played out, I was like, oh, maybe it's possible. I, I, I was wrong. Uh, I will say this is something I didn't realize. This is his first time being an All Star starter, uh, and that makes sense when you consider that he's been playing in the same conference as Steph Curry for most of his right. career. I mean, uh, Terp, did you think that 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 should have been a switch? That surprises oh, yeah, me though. Yeah. 100%. I was surprised too that he had never started an all-star game, even like with playing with Curry, because there was a couple times Curry was hurt for a little while there, and Dame surprising wasn't a starter, but yeah, I thought 100% that Brunson should have been a starter over Dame. I just think, like Megan said, like they both have the name recognition, but like everyone's been talking about the Bucks, right? The Bucks, the Sixers, and the Celtics, I feel like are the teams, the Eastern Conference, that everyone's really watching. No one's really paying attention to the Knicks, and then the Knicks are sneaking up. And granted, they really just got hot this month. Like, they were kind of hovering right in the middle of the conference, around like five, right. six. So now they're starting to, you know, figure it out. But they he 100% got snubbed. Brunson should have been a starter over Dame 100%. Right, right. And, and you know, again, like, folks have been talking about the issues defensively that the Bucks have had. After the Drew Holiday trade, Brunson probably a, a bit of a, a better defender on, on that side of the ball than, than Dame is giving, uh, given his his sort of size and, and height. So, uh, so it's a low bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Uh, so, um, yeah, but you know what? Shout out, shout out, Dame. It's it, it's crazy that he he had never been. Yeah, uh, look, don't get me starter. wrong. Like I love Dame. I'm surprised yeah. he hasn't. He's never been a starter. I just think if you're basing it on this season and that's what the award is based on, it it doesn't 
totally makes sense to me, but there's the fan part of it. Um, our final take for Take Flight. This is a this is a big picture take. And Esteban, I'd love for you to walk us through this because we've had these moments recently of great individual scoring yeah. performances. And obviously, even if you just look at that Pacers game, the Celtics have 81 points in the first half. I think it's something that anybody who's watching the NBA right now, the league is going, these offenses are getting kind of crazy. And where is it coming from? And is this the direction that we want basketball to keep going in so much offense? Especially when you have a team like the Knicks, who we were just talking about turning into a great defensive team there. Right, right. Yeah. So I... I, I... I think this stemmed from you looking at the the performances that, that Luka Doncic, uh, Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns recently all had uh, 60, 70 point games uh, plus. Uh, looking up Dan Devine of Yahoo wrote, there's only been 19 seasons that featured 10 or more 50 point scoring performances. The last nine from 2015, the 2015-16 season to now that's nearly half of that list and only 10 campaigns have featured 14 or more in the last five from 2018, 19 to now comprise half of that list. So people are scoring these huge 50 point games more, much more frequently than before. And obviously the league has gotten more welcoming, more open to the scoring the rules, rule changes that made it harder for people to guard the way they used to, especially on, on the perimeter. Players are just uh, probably specifically big men are a little more skilled in terms of outside shooting. So I think it makes sense that we're seeing more scoring. I don't necessarily think that's that's a bad thing per se. Um I mean we nope as much as 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 much as the league has has welcomed and embraced scoring Nobody's matched the 81, not to even mention the 100 that happened under much different, more physical, quote unquote, times uh, that the NBA used to have. So I don't I don't necessarily see it as a problem unless people think that it's going to water down these accomplishments. So I don't know about watering down the accomplishments. It's certainly more in the direction, I think, of how the league wants the game to look like you want a high scoring game and you uh want to be able to point to individual stars in that way. The only thing is nobody wants it to turn into the all-star game, right? Like nobody wants the elimination of defense and you hear mostly old heads, but I would throw myself in here at times too. Uh, You want it to be a physical game. You don't want it to just be the finesse game and you don't want it to just be outside shooting and, you know, on the perimeter all the time. The worst, you know, is when, it's a fast break and it just goes into a corner three every single fast break. You know, you, I think the important thing is you want it to be of have variation in the game. And so I'm not sure that there is something that the, that the league can roll back in terms of what they've done to elevate the offense and kind of tamper down the physicality of it. But I, I, I think we all get excited when we're watching a very physical game. And I, I guess I, it's my way of saying there's not a solution to it, but I wouldn't say it's, it's absolutely like a great thing for the league for there to be such inflated uh, points out there. Yeah. 
I, I guess it, it's sort of a balance because you, you don't necessarily want, as you mentioned, sort of an inflation of scoring. On the other end, you don't want like the 80s, 90s brand of basketball where people were just elbowing each other in the face on defense. And that was and that was fine. And you'd have like but like sometimes sometimes I do. Yeah, sometimes. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just sometimes. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't need bad boy pistons, but it's like, can we have a little bit of physicality? Yeah. I mean, so what what do you do you see this as an issue for, for basketball as a whole, or or is this sort of being conflated out of proportion? Honestly, I feel like this is kind of what they want. This is kind of what the league wants, mm-hmm. is they want more points. So in a way, it's kind of what they're looking for. But I don't love it as a basketball fan. Like, and I know you guys seem to be on the same page. It's like I like the physicality. Like I like the defense. Like all these points isn't necessarily fun. Like I want to see some defense as well. But I think that's the direction the NBA is going in is they want to see more points. They think points are what brings people in. They want to see the three-point shot. They want to see all these dunks and stuff. No one really cares about the physicality anymore, unfortunately. But I think that's what the league wants. And personally, I'm not a fan, but I mean, it's still basketball, so I'm still going to watch. I, I've seen a couple of different proposals to address this, some of which I, I'm not necessarily sure how they would work or if I agree with them. One, moving back the three-point line uh, along those lines, getting rid of the corner three spots, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, do, do y'all agree with any of those at all or, or think that there's dimension wise of the court anyway that that you would address um the scoring to try to to sort of i guess uh, dampen dampen that down a bit the corner three fit conversation has definitely gotten some traction in the last couple of years i don't like i don't know that that's the answer that that all feels just as analytics based as the way that the league has turned in terms of three point shooting i think some of it has to do with a lot of the role changes favoring offensive players. And, you know, I, every year it feels like there's something that is tougher to call on defense. And so I, I don't know. I like, like Terp said, like, I think that this is how the league wants it. So I, I wouldn't see one of those big changes coming. I hate the corner three one too. I just think like the corner three is such a valued shot in the game. And if you look at it, they're really not generated that much. Like there's some games that like teams will really get out to the corner, but it's such an important shot in the game. Like, and they're really not generated that much. Like I said, so I think that would be a horrible mistake. Cause I think teams oftentimes will play to try to get to the corner three. Cause that's the most efficient shot. So I would hate if they got rid of that. And it's also my favorite spot to shoot. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best spot to shoot. One, one idea I have sort of thought about in the past, and this is sort of it was sort of like to to bring big men at least playing down in the post a little bit back more into the picture, but something that could also be done to maybe balance out is you know the the lane was expanded to keep big men from just posting up there and and scoring gaudy numbers down. I wonder if if you shrunk it back to sort of not necessarily its original uh width but uh, a, a, a smaller lane so that way big men could stay near the rim more if that would at least sort of balance out some of the the scoring because then that way it would be harder for uh, for ball handlers to get to the lane to drive uh when you have someone like uh you know Embiid, etc who, who could just hang out there by the rim uh without getting that defensive three seconds it, it would y'all think that would be something that the league w- could look at yeah, I think that would come down to again, though, that's just that's like a, 
a taste thing. Like what kind of offense do you want? And even if it's okay, you can have a, a big man who can score down on the post who has good post action. Um, that's still going to be analytically less valuable than the corner three. <laughs> so it's like, it'll be some variation in different points of attack, but I don't, and again, it's all to me, it's like, it's still offensively based thinking. And I, I, I just don't really have a solution for what they're doing other than, you know, we roll it all the way back and we bring hand checking back into the game or like something absolutely crazy. And you see offenses going five out anyway. So it's not really going to matter if they're all out by the perimeter anyway, you know? So it's, it's it's true. It's such an interesting conversation though. Uh, I didn't even think about the dimensions thing, to be honest. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What, one of like my favorite sort of like, what if scenarios is like, what if you could like sort of in baseball, how you could design your, those field dimensions by ballpark. Like, what would that look like if you could, like, if, if the Celtics could design their own court dimensions, like, where would they put the three or, you know, what, like, I don't, I like it. If, if, you, if you had like Dame Lillard, would you just stretch the three out another like five feet so only he could shoot it? Uh, stuff like that. But anyways, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I, I understand where people are, are sort of coming from. I don't necessarily think though, all of these accomplishments, all of these, these big games are, diluting uh the achievements of of scores per se no. uh, um i think it's st- i mean we're, we're still amazed over it uh i don't i also don't necessarily know if anybody's ever going to get to 100 again just given how the game is played like it, when wilt did it it was much different he was just you know he could just bulldoze through defenses so uh i i like it i like uh where where offenses are headed but i, I do also agree like it, it, it would be nice to, to get better defense and that being a little bit more welcomed in the league as a whole. All right. Well, let's end it there. Uh, we're recording on a Thursday. So Celtics are seeing the Lakers tonight, but honestly with, uh, what it looks like the Lakers are rolling out in terms of their lineup. I don't think that's going to be the most consequential game. Who knows? Maybe it will be a barn burner and I'm totally wrong. Uh, but like I said, we have Marcus smarts return this weekend and rolling into February. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out with us.